So good to see you folks again. Doesn't seem that long ago now that I'm up here, but I know it's been quite a while, maybe not long enough from your perspective, I don't know, but uh, from my perspective, uh, it's good to see you folks and to be back here once again. Always enjoy fellowshipping with the Lord's people here. I'd like to have you open your Bibles to John chapter 15. I found out this morning as I was here, you're going through the book of John. I thought, uh-oh, are we going to have some conflict here? But, you know, even if we were covering the same thing, which I've been assured we're not at this point anyway, uh, it would be different. Uh, we just got through singing, I am the Lord's. You know, that, that's a joyous uh, thought. But when you stop and think about it, it's also a very sobering thought because... If you belong to the Lord, uh, that better be evident uh, in your life. And in John chapter 15, uh, we're going to be focusing uh, a little bit more on just what that might mean. Now, this is a passage that uh, most of us are quite familiar with. Uh, I'm not going to really be going through it verse by verse or that type of thing. I have a basic thought in mind, and it's basically uh, the secret of living the spiritual life. You know, we're approaching the new year. I'm not one to make New Year's resolutions. Uh, to me, that's just kind of a waste of time. Uh, to me, what I think is important is to, on the first day of the week, I, uh, of the first day of the year, uh, I, in my prayer time, I ask the Lord, well, uh, I trust I have been uh, a faithful servant. Uh, I trust that I've uh, produced fruit in my life for you. But you know, I also understand I have a long way to go, and therefore, I'm looking to you this year just to make me uh, one who belongs to thee, the way it should be. And what we're going to find here in this particular passage, we're just going to read through the first 17 verses. We're going to deal with part of it this morning and the other part uh, this evening, Lord willing. But keep in mind, what we're going to focus in on, what I'm just entitling, the secrets of really living the spiritual life because that's the only real life that's important. I mean, physical life is great, don't get me wrong. I enjoy physical life. But the most important thing is our spiritual life and our relationship for the Lord. So let's just read together, starting with verse one. I'm reading from the New King James Version, so you can either follow along if you have that, if it bothers you to try to keep up in yours, just listen, or else follow along whichever you choose to do. The Lord speaking here says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. God will bless the reading of his word. Now, just by way of introduction here, as we get into this particular passage, you know, life, whether it's physical life or spiritual life, is one of our most precious possessions. I don't think I would give much argument on that point. And you know, do not take it for granted, whether it's physical life or spiritual life. Never take it for granted. You know, right now you're doing one of three things when it comes to life. You're either wasting it, and we all do that, you know, at times. You may be spending it, that means really using it, or you could be investing it. And you know, it's interesting when you think about those three things. When you look at your own life, physically or spiritually, particularly spiritually, are you wasting it? Are you wasting that spiritual life the Lord has given you? Or again, you know, are you really spending it and using it? And are you investing your life? in a spiritual sense. Uh, when I was training to uh, lead a team to, I think it was the island of Grenada, I went on several different teams, I can't remember if this is the exact, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I had to go for a week's training over at Literature Crusades, and I was, uh, someone shared what I call a poem, it really isn't a poem, it's just a little saying that I've never forgotten, that I might have shared it with you before, I don't know, I've been coming here like 18 years, it's hard to believe. Um, but it goes this way, and listen to it carefully. This is the beginning of a new day. God has given me this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for some good purpose. But what I do with it is important, because I have exchanged a day of my life for it. When tomorrow comes, today will be gone forever. I hope I will not regret the price I paid for it. I wrote that down in my Bible. I've read that so many times. I keep it before me all the time. Because it reminds me just how important every day that the Lord gives me is important. And I'm to use it as a gift from him in an important way. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have or experience life. And life there, to me, I really believe is spiritual life. And that you might have or experience it abundantly. The Lord Jesus Christ, if he's come into your life and given you spiritual life, oh, you are to be experiencing that and showing evidence of it every moment of every day. And you know, in his message here about the vine and the branches, Jesus points out what I have put together are five spiritual secrets 
that lead to abundant life in living. The first one is found in verses 2, 8, and 16. Now, I'm not going to read them all. You've got them in front of you. To take time to reread them, I think, is not necessary. You have them before you, verses 2, 8, and 14. And what we find here is that the spirit or the secret of living is fruit-bearing. Bearing fruit. Now, as you look back over last year, I don't know how much spiritual fruit you brought forth, but I hope as you're looking forward to 2015, you're at least thinking about bearing spiritual fruit because that's the secret of spiritual life. You know, there's three questions that I've had to answer in many different college classes over the years with three different degrees. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with these questions, but, you know, they're normally asking philosophy classes that you have to take or a psychology class. And, of course, having uh, had a degree in guidance and counseling, I had to take several uh, psychology classes. The questions are fine. Unfortunately, in, in the world, uh, the way they want you to answer them and approach them is kind of scary. But the questions are this. First of all, who or what am I? Another question they ask is, why am I here? And the third one was always, what is the primary goal or purpose for my life? Now, in light of what we just read, let's just answer those questions. Why, uh, why or what or who am I? Well, we are branches in the living vine. That's what you are as a believer. Why am I here as a branch in the living vine? It's to bear fruit. That's what it's supposed to do. And, of course, what is the primary goal for my life or purpose for my life? Well, the only way I'm going to bear fruit is to abide in the vine. Now, we're going to focus on the first two of those questions this morning and on the third question tonight. Now, this raises another question. How do you become a living branch in the living vine? Well, we, we sang some of the, about some of those things. You know, salvation is a very important thing. You know, in John 1, 12, we read, But as many as receive him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to those he gave the power or the right to become the children or sons of God. But in the context of what we're doing here in John chapter 15, this is how you become a living branch in the living vine. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, no one comes out of the Father except through me. You will never become a living branch in the living vine unless you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is a small little gospel message, but the bottom line is this. We become branches in the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ, by trusting in him and receiving him as our Lord and Savior. You see, by faith, we enter into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we become living branches in the living vine. I want to just uh, mention Galatians 2.20. I realize this is taking it out of context to a degree, 
But most of us know this, and I'll explain why I'm using it here, as you will see as we go through this. It's a verse we all know. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I realize in, in the book of Galatians, is dealing with the law. So it says there, when I am crucified with Christ, I am crucified with Christ. I'm dead with Christ to the law. Christ has taken care of the law. I'm no longer under the law. But you know, in context of what we're dealing with here is because we're not only crucified with Christ to the law, we're crucified with Christ to sin, self, death, Satan, and the list can go on and on. That's how closely we are identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, nevertheless, I live. Even though I've died to all those things, I still live. But now I live in Christ, the living vine. And the life that I now live in the flesh as a branch in the living vine, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, if you do not have this living relationship in union with Christ, you are still dead in your sin. And you cannot bear fruit. Now, we grow fruit in California. We grow fruit in Michigan. Totally different fruit. Totally different fruit. Oh, they're all good, but they're totally different. But you know, whether I have an orange tree here in California, or an apple or a pear or a peach tree in Michigan, you know what? I have never seen any fruit on a dead branch. Isn't that right? Have you ever seen fruit on a dead branch? Well, yeah, are you seeing the importance of being alive in Christ? You see, if you're going to be a living branch, you have to be in the living vine. And we read, Jesus said, I am the true vine. <laughs> you're the branches. I'm the vine. It is imperative that you are in Christ Jesus for salvation. He's the one who gives you spiritual life. And once you're in him, you now become a living branch in that living vine, and you can produce spiritual fruit. Now, fruit is the result of life. In fact, if you look at verse 16, which we've already read, and we will reread that, I want you to notice it's the reason, really, God saved you. Now, I know it's not the only reason, but again, it's the primary reason. The one we rejoice in is I'm going to be with him for all eternity, okay? Yes, he's going to take me home to glory someday because I belong to him. He saved me by his grace. But he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Why? Well, he appointed you to something. And what was that? that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask in my, of the Father in my name, he may give you. What is the primary reason here that God 
has saved you, brought you into a relationship with himself. Well, it's to bear fruit. To bear fruit. I don't know how much fruit you bore last year for the Lord. I'm sure you desired to, and I'm sure you have produced some if you're in the, in the, in the living vine. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, I don't care how well you tried, nothing was accomplished because, you see, no fruit comes from a dead branch. It's only from the living branch that fruit can be produced. Now, there's a couple of principles here <clears throat> I just want to mention as we talk about bearing fruit. The first principle is this. The branch does not bear fruit for the branch to eat, but for others to eat. Now, did you catch that? You know, whether it's, again, that orange tree or by an apple or pear tree back home, I have never seen a branch feeding on the fruit. You see, the branch does not bear fruit for the branch to eat. Is for others to eat. Okay? So when we talk about bearing fruit, we're talking about what fruit have you produced in the lives of others that they could feed from and grow in the things of God. Now, obviously, you have to grow yourself, but you see, it's not because you're eating the fruit. <laughs> that you're producing, how does the branch grow? It abides in the vine. It draws its strength from the vine. And it grows. And as it grows, it produces fruit that others may eat. Now, there's a second principle here. There is a fruit to be produced where you are that nobody else can produce but you. You understand that? There's fruit to be produced where you are, you are, that no one else can produce. And you know, we all should be able to relate to that. See, whether you're at work, I can recall when I was a teacher, well, there was maybe a half a dozen of us out of about 100 faculty members who knew and loved the Lord. The other 90 plus, it really wasn't important to them. It wasn't anything that they were interested in. They were to go home. Nobody would share it. Most of them didn't go to church, or if they did, they didn't go to one that really preached the gospel or anything. So we witnessed. We witnessed. If we don't do it, who's going to? In school, as students. You know how many students were in our high school? Well, some of them, are, it wasn't as big as many of those here in California, but there was probably 10, 1,200. How many Christians were there? I remember when I was in high school in Grand Haven, we had a Bible club. We were allowed to have those things back in those days. In fact, I was lucky enough to be the president of the Bible club. It was really fun. We had about 150 kids. But that meant there were still 10 or 1,100 that didn't know the Lord or cared about Bible clubs. So we carry our Bibles around. And some, of course, made fun of us. But it also caused some to say, why are you carrying your Bible? 
and I'd have a chance to tell them. See, in school, you may be the only one who can bear fruit. And, of course, you, you think about your own family. We all have family members. Unfortunately, as you witness to family members, what do they have a tendency to do? <laughs> Find ways of not being with you more often and more often. But that's okay. If that's what it has to be, it has to be. But when you do have those opportunities, you may be the only one who can bear fruit there. Your neighborhood, your friends. You know, there's fruit to be produced where you are that nobody else can produce. Be sure you understand that. That's why the Lord expects you to bear spiritual fruit where you are. You see, we are, the question is now, are we willing to accept the responsibility of being one of his branches? And that's something to ask yourself this coming year. Am I willing to accept the responsibility of being one of his branches this coming year? Now, this raises another question. What is the fruit God wants us to bear or produce? Well, obviously, uh, this comes in many different way, forms, and we can't discuss them all. But I've listed five things that I think are important, and they're not just important because I think they're important, but they're things that I've come to realize. These are things the Lord expects of me. And there's a lot of other things, but I'm sure as we get done with these five things, which we're just going to look at very briefly, you'll be able to think of other types of fruit that you can bear as a living branch in that living vine. And to cheat on my five a little bit, I kind of put two together <laughs> in the first one. Winning souls for others to Christ and helping them grow is fruit where you are. Now, I know we all know the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, let's be honest. None of us can go into all the world and preach the gospel. I've been in several other countries in the world where I've been able to do that, but all the world, <laughs> that's not feasible. But you're to go into your world and preach the gospel. And, you know, there's two parts of this. There is the evangelistic part. And I know the Lord gave uh, five gifts. The risen Christ gave five gifts to the church, three of which we still function to the great deal today. One is evangelism. Well, that's a gift. And I'm not saying every person here has the gift of evangelism <laughs> because everybody here doesn't have the gift of evangelism. But, you know, all of us have also been told in Scripture you just go and tell people what the Lord has done for you. And where can you do that? Where you are. Now, I pray for missionaries around the world that I know. But, you know, I can't help them other than praying for them. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. There's power in prayer. But, you see, I'm going to try to share the gospel with those around me. And we tried to do that. But, you know, if you lead someone to Christ, well, that's wonderful. Well, now do you just forget them? Now, see, that's the second one. That's why I snuck this one in here. Because, see, that is discipling, helping them to grow. 
You know, it's one thing to lead a person to Christ, and it's another thing to just let them out there and out of flounder. If, if you don't disciple them, encourage them in the things of the Lord, what's going to happen? Well, eventually they won't lose their salvation. You can't do that, but that's another whole issue. But they're not going to grow and bear fruit in the things of the Lord. It's so important that we understand that we are to be evangelists to a degree and disciples to a degree where we help others in the things of the Lord. Now, how is this possible and how is it going to be accomplished? Is it because you're going to be such a great witnesser? Is you going to be a great teacher in discipling? No, no. It's only going to happen with Christ flowing through you. You see, as a living branch, I'm supposed to be doing these things. But where do I draw my power and strength in to do those things? It's through the living vine. That's how we do those things. Another one quickly here. Practical holiness of life is fruit. Where you are. Practical holiness of life is fruit where you are. It's interesting in Romans 6.22 we read, But now being made free from sin, that would be sin's penalty and power, which every believer has been, it goes on and says, ye have your fruit unto holiness. How are you in producing the practical holiness of life? Day by day. Do people see you as different because Christ is in your life? Holiness of life. Oh, how important it is we understand that. Somebody said, holiness is nothing else but the beauty and character of God displayed in our everyday lives. You know, in John, or 2 Corinthians 7, 1, makes it pretty point blank. Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear or reverence of God. Is the spiritual fruit of holiness being produced in your life as a living branch in the living vine? There's another great passage on this, and we aren't going to take time to read, but jot it down. It's, it's uh, Colossians chapter 3, starting with about verse 5 through verse 17, and it tells you those things you're to put off. <laughs> and as a believer, you better be putting those off. Because they're all unholy things. But then it also says this is what you put on. And what you notice there, those are the characteristics of Christ. That's what we're going to be putting on every day. The characteristics of Christ. Holiness. A third thing. Sharing what we possess is fruit. Sharing what we possess is fruit. Now, I know most of you probably think, as I do when I first looked at this, is 1 John 3.17. So we're talking about, we think, material things. But whosoever has this world's goods, if he holds his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? 
Well, you know, when you look at that particular verse, you behold your brother or sister in need. Well, yes, it could be financially. You know, some of us have blessed, been blessed more financially than others. We all know brothers and sisters in Christ who are not doing extremely well financially for various reasons. And I don't think most of us really have a real difficult time reaching out to a degree when that's we were called upon to do that. I, I can remember uh, way back, if you don't mind, a personal example. This is when Pat and I were first married before we even had children. Uh, we were both working, didn't have any money at all. <laughs> and one of our missionaries that we had commended from our assembly in Brazil had asked the, uh, the brethren back home if they could come up with $10,000 to uh, build, buy a home. They had been in Brazil for a number of years and they were renting and they just felt the Lord was leading them to buy instead of just throwing this money away to build something because they plan on being there. They might, believe it or not, uh, the one is, uh, your sister Helen has passed away, but Don can't serve anymore. Over 50 some years they served the Lord there and established many assemblies. But they said, you know, if you can just get 10 people, you know, to sign the note for $1,000, that's what they wanted them to do. So Pat and I decided to sign it. We didn't have $10,000. But I knew we had a better chance of earning it than they did. I know the Lord takes care of his own, but how does he do that? It's through others. Okay? So, you know, it's, it's one aspect as, as far as the material things. But, you know, as I'm studying this, something more important to me than the material, because, you know, it's much easier for me to give you $10, $100 than do some of these other things for you. You know, this means you see a brother or sister in need physically. And I'm beginning to relate to that a little bit. I, I'm not <laughs> to the point where I have a problem yet, but I know some dear brothers and sisters who are physically just cannot care for themselves. Am I willing to do my part to help them? That's fruit for the Lord. Now one is even tougher, emotionally. Well, this is one most people just run away from. There's a death in someone's family. Oh, I wouldn't know what to say. Or this person just had a heart attack and they're now in the hospital or just discovered they had cancer. Well, I know what I should do, but you know, oh, that's scary. What am I going to say? Are you willing to reach out emotionally? Now, if you're a living branch in the living vine, drawing your strength from the vine, there should be no fear. And I found that over the years. I never had words that I was going with great things to say to people. You just get there and you just trust the Lord to give you wisdom. And sometimes you hardly say, boo. You're just there. And other times, he'll bring a passage to mind. And you can just sit and share that. But then, of course, there's one other one. And I think this is what's so neglected in the church today. Spiritually. Those who are in need spiritually. As children of God. All of us struggle spiritually at times. 
I say that because I know I do, and I, you're no different than I am, really. And I'm no different than you are. We all have times when we see a brother or sister who's struggling spiritually. But what are you going to do about it? Well, what's the most common thing in this day and age? Become very critical. Shame on them. How do they get in that position? That isn't very, you know, spiritual fruit with that attitude. You go to them prayerfully with the word of God, drawing strength from the vine to do what? Bring them back. See, bring them back in the fellowship of the Lord and his people. There's nobody who is more cruel than Christians to other Christians many times. And it's a sad commentary because the world sees it. It shouldn't be taking place. You see, sharing what we possess is fruit. Well, another one here, because we have to move on. Christ-like character is fruit where you are. Christ-like character. Now, at least I'd like to have you just turn to Galatians chapter 5. And you say, well, I don't really have to, Bob. Well, I know you probably know it, but I want you to turn to it anyway. Because if we just quickly quote it in our minds glibly, well, yeah, okay, I got that out of the way, but I want you to look at those a minute. <laughs> Christ-like character is fruit. <clears throat> In verse 22, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Who is, this, who is the Holy Spirit, anyway? Well, he's God. Now, who's the Lord Jesus Christ? He's God. Who is our Heavenly Father? He's God. God is a plural noun, singular in meaning. We have to draw our strength from the Holy Spirit, just like we're talking about drawing our strength from the living vine. It's all the same thing. It's the same person, in essence. But this is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I'm sure you've heard many lessons on this, but you know, those first three we know relate to our relationship with the Lord. You know, as I think about Christ-like character, is the, is the love of Christ really being shed abroad in my life? I mean, you know, this is my relationship with Christ. It's a love relationship. Is it shed abroad in my life? Is the joy of the Lord seen and evident in my life? No matter what I'm going through, do I have this real peace and joy and love that comes from the Lord, the vine, in my life? Oh, what a wonderful relationship we have with him. It includes these three things closely. He loves us. His joy is there to overflowing. He gives us a peace that is beyond understanding. It should be evident in our lives. We also know that the next three, long-suffering, 
kindness and goodness is that same fruit being exuberated towards others. You know, I can be long-suffering with you when you're so nasty to me. Not that any of you have been, don't get me wrong. But you know, we have people who really irritate us all the time. Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm to be long-suffering. You bear that. That's fruit, if you can bear that. But you're only going to do it as you abide in the vine, which is what we're going to be dealing with tonight in detail. And goodness, then those last three, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. This is dealing with myself. Am I really faithful to the Lord? Well, if I'm bearing fruit, I am. You know, as you look at these things, gentleness. I'm not always gentle, I admit. But when I'm not, guess what's wrong? I'm not drawing my strength from the vine. Well, we're not going to spend any more time on that. You can see it for yourself. You see, these are characteristics of Christ's likeness. You know, how different life becomes when Christ in you produces the fruit of the Spirit. And you know, as we look at this here a little bit, the world has some substitutes for these things. But boy, they're sad substitutes. Just a couple examples. You know, you can, you can produce sleep. You know, if you're having a hard time sleeping because you're troubled about all kinds of things, well, you can get a sleeping pill. And yeah, it'll put you to sleep. But what happens when you wake up? Nothing's changed. The same problem and concern is still there. You see, you can, you can purchase sleep, but you cannot purchase peace and true rest, which only comes from the Lord. And I also thought about this joy and happiness. You know, the world has manufactured all kinds of entertainments and amusements and even some happiness for our lives, but it can't produce the deep joy that comes from experiencing Christ in his great salvation and presence in our lives. <laughs> There's nothing like it. How much I enjoy the Lord's presence in my life. I thank him every day that I'm with him and he's with me. Man, it sure takes a lot of pressure off of life, just knowing that he's in my life. That's true joy and peace and happiness, even in the times of trials and testing. Well, one other one here. Praising and thanking God is fruit where you are. Praising and thanking God is fruit where you are. In Hebrews 13, 11, we read, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. By our words, we can produce fruit in praising his name. We did that this morning. But I sure hope it isn't the only hour of the week you do that. This should always be the way it is. But it's not just your words. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us also that we are to yield our bodies 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's not only our words, but it's our lives as we live them as well. Yes, the secret of living is bearing fruit. And that's the point I want to get across this morning. God created you. Christ purchased you that you might spend and invest your life in bearing fruit for him. Now, I don't know how you did last year. I'm sure most of you did quite well. Can you do better? I know I can. But you see, there's only one way we can do it. And that's going to be our lesson tonight. You're not going to do this in your own strength. Yes, I'm a living branch in the living vine. But you know, the branch bears fruit. And we're going to look at tonight how they can bear that fruit. It's because they abide in that vine. And tonight, that's what the lesson is going to be focusing on. But just to wrap this one up here a little bit, just to summarize, as I've already mentioned before, are you willing to be a branch and accept the responsibility that goes along with it? Are you willing to allow your life to work for him? To work for him. To witness to the unsaved, to disciple those who are children of God. And there are people in this meeting who need to be discipled. We all have to keep growing in the things of God. We're all to live godly in Christ Jesus, holy unto the Lord. We're to share what the Lord has blessed us with, materially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're to exhibit a Christ-like character, the fruit of the Spirit, in our lives. And we're to do this by praising and thanking God, our Savior, in word or in and in deed. Oh, may each of us, may each of us yield, our, yield ourselves to Christ for the purpose of bearing fruit this coming year to his honor and glory. May the Lord bless these few thoughts. Shall we close in prayer? Our gracious God and dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you again for the living vine the Lord Jesus Christ. What a marvelous Savior he is. Oh, the power that has become available to us with him in our lives. There are things we can do now that we can never do in ourselves. We're so thankful, yes, that you saved our never-dying souls, that we have the blessed hope of spending the countless ages of eternity with thee, but we also know that you have saved us to bear fruit. That is your desire for each and every one of us as living branches in the living vine. Oh, may we be willing to accept the responsibility that goes along with me in living branches in the living vine and to produce the fruit that will bring honor and glory to thee and build up and strengthen our brothers and sisters in Christ and reach out to the unsaved who need to know thee, for the coming of the Lord is very near. Just help us, Lord, to apply these truths in our hearts and lives in the days ahead. Part us now with your blessing. 
be with us throughout this afternoon and bring us together this evening, if it be your will. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.